business is booming. From the small mom and pops to the big industries, our local businesses drive our economy and provide the products, services, and jobs we depend on. Our host, Jennifer McCurdy, brings us these stories as she visits with the business owners and leaders of Fort Payne and DeKalb County, Alabama. And now, here's Jennifer. Welcome back to Business is Booming. Today, we're going to talk about investing in your community. What does that look like? How can you invest in your community? Why is that important? To help me explore this topic is my friend, Jerry Clifton, and local real estate developer. Thank you so much, Jerry, for joining us. And this is a topic that I've been so excited to, to discuss. We have so many people in our community that are um, always suggesting new things in the community. And, and why don't we have this? And it really boils down to your city can't do everything. And some things you have to have local investors, most times, involved in those initiatives. And Jerry, you have come into Fort Payne with a bang and really made a difference and motivated so many other people to um, invest in their properties and and really become more engaged in their community. So I'm thrilled to have you today, and I want you to kind of share with us your inspiration and why it's important to invest in your community and what led you to do so. Oh, okay. Well, thanks first, Jennifer, for uh, asking me to be on this podcast. And this actually is my first podcast. Well, welcome. But we do know from our previous (laughs) conversation, you were the voice of Sand Mountain previously. (laughs) Which was very interesting. <laughs> uh, well, I do appreciate that. And uh, again, appreciate being uh, on the podcast. Well, you know, when when I started looking into Fort Payne, you know, I had built uh, a lot of new homes for folks. Uh, I had bought a lot of homes and done redos on those. Um, and so I decided one day I got to thinking that, you know, I'd like to do something more from a commercial standpoint. And then, you know, I got to thinking, okay, what exactly, what would that look like? And so, you know, I kind of equate it to like a, um, like a family, um, and how to grow a family because actually, You know, see, we take family, and that equals community. We take our children. We want our children to be successful. We want our community to be successful. That's right. And so that's kind of the reason uh, why that I actually started in with the commercial side of it. So you're trying to leave a little something back right. for the rest of the community. Right. All right. So there's a lot of different thing, aspects of um, investing in your community, and you've been through several of them. One of them is historical preservation, mm-hmm. which I know that was part of your project with the spot and the um, lofts on Galt. Right. I do want to touch on that a little bit. And commercial development and then nonprofit support. Those are near and dear to your heart. Um, so if you're looking at the historical preservation aspect, give us an example of specifically downtown, kind of what that looks like and how, how that works. Um, the first property that I, that I purchased here was um, some property on um, First Street. And um, I had had a friend of mine, Alice Pettyjohn. I know you know Alice yes, very well. Yes, love Alice. 
Um, you know, Alice had started in Rainsville and was very successful there. And, and I kind of helped Alice a little bit when she first started out years ago. And um, so one day, well, actually, I actually had already bought the spot building uh, when, when Alice approached me about s- something else. So I, I had bought the, the spot building and I was uh, already starting to do some work there. And Alice calls me one day and she says, hey, do you have anything in Fort Payne that I could rent? And I said, well, if you're going to move to Fort Payne, I'll buy something because I know, you know, what you can do uh, would be great. For and that, Fort, that's Fort an example of, a, of an investor investing into an entrepreneur. Right. And that's so... Right. And that's something that our community needs to look at a little, a little more closely. Right. You had someone approach you, and you you took a chance on them because you knew her and you knew she could do it, and and it's paying off. I mean, she's doing great, and you've helped your community. Right. Yeah. She. she uh, you know. So I told her. I said, "Let me. I'll buy something." So you know, Doctor Stephen Brewer, who I'd bought the spot building from. You know, I, I said, look, let's look and see what else you got that I can buy. So it just so happened that, you know, the, the building, the first building I, uh, after the spot, I bought uh, the building there on the first uh, first street. And so, you know, I carried Alice there. We looked at it, make sure that she thought it would work for her. And uh, it did. And she has just been tremendously successful from that. And then, you know, uh, as she was getting into that, then I had Cresta Taylor. You know, Cresta, she started calling me and saying, hey, you know, I'd like to have a bake shop. I've always dreamed of having like a French bistro type thing. And I said, well, you know, I actually have, you know, uh, I can get another building right here and we can do that. And so, you know, Cresta started out with that. And uh, so it's just progressed down that street. And then, of course, you know, over there where the spot building was at, you know, Andy and Colton Penrod, you know, they ended up buying that business, um, you know, as I bought the spot building, they, they bought the business that the previous owner had been renting from me. And they have done a tremendous job with that. Yes. And then, of course, you know, we had Courtney Wilson, and Courtney had already asked me about a place to start a clothing store, a children's clothing store in. Now, this is really interesting about Courtney because Courtney actually approached me with this during the year of COVID. And, and I, I, I actually tried to discourage her. I said, Courtney, I don't know with COVID if now is actually a good time to actually start a business. And she said, well, she said, I know it may be slow getting started, but I'd really like to try to do it. And I said, okay. So we found her a spot. Um, She started renting. And um, to my surprise, even during COVID, she did really well. And uh, she was... um, had enough imagination that she started stuff doing stuff online. And, um, so, um, then her, I biz- think that's what's helped her so much too. She was a forward thinking. She knew that probably, especially during COVID, she mm. wouldn't have a lot of foot traffic. Right. So she, and she still does a lot of, 
online sales, but she she, her store is fantastic, and yeah. she has. It's nice to go in and be able to see things in person. But I mean, she's versatile, and I love that about her. Right. Well, and see, uh, that's that's right. And her, as her building, uh, as her business grew, she actually, you know, comes to me and says, "Hey, look, I need another place uh, that's bigger." Well, um, the arch shop that I had in one of the buildings beside the spot. She had bought another building on first on uh, on Gold Avenue, and she was moving. And so I said, "Hey, look, I got the perfect spot for you." So she moved into it. Her business has continued to grow, and then of course, you know, uh, next door to that, uh, there's Valley Nutrition. Valley Nutrition has been there now, going on three years. Um, and again, you know, when you look at Valley Nutrition, you may say, "Well, what do they sell?" Well, they sell tea. Well, how can you make a business selling tea well you know she's very imaginative in the type of teas that she does and how she mixes them and all of that she has a tremendous business there i mean she does really really well okay i'm gonna go back to the spot for just a second and the in europe we've got to talk about the lofts on galt because those are gorgeous that process you tapped into some historical tax credits correct correct okay I know that that's two. Uh, that's a whole episode in itself. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? Historical tax credits, just okay. briefly. Okay. Well, you know, basically, historical tax credits. You know, um, number one, the building's got to qualify for being an historical property. Uh, then there is a long application process of you know filing for that. Um course again it makes really good if it's an historical building that is on the national registry of historical properties and, and also was, correct and, yes this one was uh, and also on the state so that way you get double tax credits you get a tax credit from the federal government you get tax credits from the state um, it is a long process it's a expensive process to do um and there is strict, very, very strict guidelines on how you have to do an historical building. I mean, you can't, as an example, you cannot move any walls. Uh, you can build a wall, but you can't move a wall. And you have to leave the existing doors, the, the existing windows, and, you know, just all of that. The, 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 where you have leadway is like for the bathrooms. And because of the fact that the lofts, they, their apartments, you know, I had to have kitchens. Well, again, you know, I had to do kitchens to code for the city. Right. And obviously the bathrooms had to be code. So, you know, that way I had lead way of, that I could use some of the imagination that I like to use when I, you know, design something that, that I could get by with because of the fact that I could do it because it had to be under code. Jerry's style is phenomenal. If you know Jerry, you know this. If you've seen any of his work, you know this. Would you recommend historical tax credits going that route? If it's if it was a possibility for for the business, having already gone through it, would that be something that you would say it's worth it? It is worth it. Um, you know, if you do again, if your building is one that's on both uh, registries, the national and the state. Uh, the federal government will give you uh, 20% back on what you spend. 
the state will give you 25% back. So you can get a total of 45% back. Now, uh, again, you know, there's there's a lot of regulations and everything that you've got to do. I was actually, I, I because of the fact that this was a 14-month process for us, I became a first-name basis with these folks uh, because of the fact that I talked to them so much. The historical tax credit uh, qualifying folks, is that right. correct? Okay, that's right. And um, I was actually telling somebody other night, um, I never, of all the process, of all the questions that I asked them if I could do something, I never did get them to tell me yes on anything. It was always no, 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 no. But no, your persistence—you no. just well, kept thinking, I, I, "I'm well, going to get." I, it. You know, I mean, you know, it was just—it was just the fact of, uh, <laughs> you know, what it was, and you know, the the, the fact that uh, they had guidelines, and and they they would say to me, you know, because sometimes, you know, I, I remember one of the things that I wanted to leave was. Uh, exposed brick, you know, on, on the walls because, you know, they'd been a fire, as you know, mm-hmm. in the upstairs of this building, they'd been a fire back about 30 years ago. So there was a lot of the plaster that was off because of that fire. And I wanted to leave that brick exposed because, I mean, that's just a beautiful look. And, um, you know, they would say, no, 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 you cannot, you know. And so, oh, <laughs> One day I was up there and I was looking and I noticed over the windows um, that there was an arch over each one of the windows. Now, I I knew that they'd already seen those pictures because that's one of the things you have to do first when you do your application is you have to take multiple pictures, lots of pictures. We probably took 400 pictures of the inside of that building before we did the first thing to it. And so I'm thinking... I know they saw those pictures, but maybe they didn't really look at these pictures. So I took pictures of these archways, and I sent them down to them. I emailed them to them, and then I called them. And I said, look. I said, you know, look at these arches. I mean, this this wasn't just the brick that they put up there. I said, they actually did these arches. And um, they said, Jerry, have you ever heard the expression, talk to your blue in the face? And I said, yes, I have. And they said, well, that's kind of where you're at. <laughs> and, and then they said this, if you want our money, then you're going to have to do it our way. Plain and simple. I can see you shaking your head and, now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's what, that's kind of where we was at. I mean, Did you, you know. kind of walk away all defeated, like shoulders down? Well, no, I mean, I, I've been told no so many times. You were used it, to it. It was you just another no. It. Right. it was another no. One more no in the, in the bank of no's. <laughs> but you just trudged on through and pushed and on through. Gosh, they're gorgeous. Jerry. Thank you. They're Thank gorgeous. you. And you've also, I'm, I just want to make sure we get everything in because you've got so much knowledge and, and experience piled into investing in the community commercial investments you've done that as well not just historical tax preservation but um you have purchased buildings and redone those and, and leased those out is that do you see yourself doing more of that in fort Payne? well i mean you know honestly jennifer um i have people all the time 
asking me if I have any other buildings in Fort Payne that they can come and move into. People are wanting, you know, I think that you and the chamber and, you know, everyone that's involved down here, I think y'all are doing a great job as far as mobilizing folks. I mean, you know, you look at Mater's coming one of these days when they get open and, and of course, what Mary Reed did with her building up there, you know, um, and then, then you just look, you know, off on one of the, the streets, you know, you got Myrtle Janes, you know, they've redone their building. There's a lot of that going on. And so people are wanting to be downtown. There's no question about that. And I actually, you know, I have people all the time. I, I have people, I have more people ask me if they can move downtown, if I have a spot, than I have. I mean, uh, I have uh, a person who has an existing business. Uh, they're probably a year and a half old, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and um, they, they, they're they in one spot of town. They want to move downtown. And um, I've got one building left on First Street, and um, they want to move into that building. And I have, I have been putting them off over and over and over again just simply because I can't get it renovated. And um, matter of fact, I felt so bad other day, I actually went to their store and just walked in and I just said, look, I just didn't want to call you. I wanted to come in here and look at you and just tell you, I don't know when I can ever get this building renovated because I've got so much stuff going on. And um, Because you're also doing the Leith House, which right. is a residential, historical residential property. Right. Are you also doing the historical tax preservation on that house as yes. well? Okay. Yes. It's a gorgeous house. Thank goodness someone like you took the initiative to reinvest back into that house so that it's not just dilapidating and falling in. It, it's too pretty for that. So thank you for that. Well, you know, I had looked at that Leith house for, oh, I don't know, three or four years, you know, maybe even I'd even been longer than that. I've been looking at trying to buy it. And, um, it had fell into such disrepair. I mean, it was just, I mean, there was a hole in the roof and, you know, it was raining in there and it was just, it was just a sad situation. But every time that I would drive by that house, you know, I would think, oh my gosh, I would love to have that house. Uh, because usually when I buy something, I will have something that will make me want to buy it is I can actually have a vision of what it's going to look like. And, like, I knew what the loss was going to look like. The day I went up there and looked at it, and when and they were just bare walls was where the fire had damaged everything, I knew what those loss would look like when I got through. I, I knew what uh, Alice was going to do. I, I, I could see, see that. And... Um, and it was the same way with this Leith house. I mean, I could see exactly what that house would look like when I got through with it. And um, I, I didn't realize it was going to take me as long to do it as what it has. I mean, because we're, we're still probably two or three months away on finishing it. But it is going to be something that the city is going to be very proud of once it gets finished. I can't wait. I know you've talked about some special revealing ideas for the Leith house and mm. I'm excited for that mm. now 
there are people who have money that could invest in their communities, such as yourself. Um, so many don't. So why is it important to you to um, invest back in your community? Well, we have an obligation to continue the work that others have started. Um, you know, you can just think about it. The building where the spot is now, where is now Lawson Galt, uh, was built in 1914 by Judge Harrelson. And through 100 years, that building has provided space for several businesses to operate and serve the public, a hardware store, law offices, a seamstress, gymnastic studio. And now I want to interject. I took gymnastics in the gymnastics studio. Wow. And I actually broke the nose of the instructor. Oh, my gosh. I mean, talent right here. Talent. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. Continue on, Jerry. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Judge Harrelson, he never envisioned when he built that building. That wasn't what he was thinking. No. And, um... So we're actually kind of standing on on Judge Harrelson's shoulders and others like him. And I just believe it's our obligation to work to build on those that have gone before us. I I really do. So that our community can continue to prosper for another generation. You know, know, the hitching post, you know, when I bought it at Mentone, that was an historical building. And I've never had anything affect me more emotionally when we lost that building a couple of weeks ago. I've, I've actually used the illustration. Um, my mother passed away when she was 32. Wow. Um, excuse me, when I was 32. My dad passed away when I was 37. I still remember the emotions I had losing both my parents. That was the same kind of emotion that I had when we lost the Hitchin Post. And unless you've ever done an historical building, if you've never done that, you cannot understand it. I mean, you can sympathize with me. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when maybe a person loses a parent. If you still have both your parents, you can't, you can't understand what they're going through because you don't have ever experienced it yourself. And that's the same way, you know, when, when you renovate an historical building, you're preserving that history of that building. Now, you have those memories, but... To have that property preserved is is just something that you just can't understand unless you've done it, and uh, that's one of the things you know that um, that I you know I, I just enjoy. Well, the Hitchin Post, um, oh, there's a photo of you standing out when it's when it's burning, and I mean I think that touched everyone's heart. We all, anyone that knows you. And knows how much you pour into projects that you do. We un- we didn't really understand, but we did know you were hurting because of that. Um, you, when you go into a project, you delve in from the very beginning of that building or that project. You know the history, and your goal is truly to make it better than it was even before. 
And I know you had big plans for the Hitching Post and for that community as a whole. And I hope that maybe you will continue that, not with the Hitching Post necessarily because it's no longer there, but just that community needs a, a place like the Hitching Post still. Jerry, not only are you investing in your community through projects such as the Lofts on Galt and the Leith House and First Street, pretty much, um, you also are passionate about investing in nonprofits as well. Tell us a little bit about some of your projects that you've poured your heart and soul into when it comes to nonprofits. Well, this is something that um, that really, really. I get the satisfaction from. Um, and 15 years ago, um, the church that I was attending at that time, Rainsville First Baptist, they had approached me because I was a runner. And so they had approached me about maybe doing a, a 5K run to help raise money for missions. And um, so, you know, I was all over that. So I said, yeah, let's do it. So so anyway, we, we started – um, what was called the Rainsville Freedom Run 15 years ago, and it was a 5K. And we had 175 people in it. And uh, we raised, the money we raised uh, went to the church to help them do overseas mission work, uh, and then some uh, stateside. Uh, we did that for three years. And then the church came to me, and they said, hey, look, you know, you're doing a lot of this work yourself. Why don't you, if you want to just keep going, maybe you could find some charities that you could give to and just just do that. And I said, okay. So uh, we continued to grow the, the run. We, we added a 10K run to it. Uh, we started adding uh, prize money to it. And, um, you know, this, this past year being our 14th year, um, we had right at a thousand uh, runners and walkers in it. That's amazing. From fifteen different states, and you have from other countries and other countries. We had them actually from um, five different foreign countries this past year. And uh, in the fourteen years now that we've been doing, we've given over four hundred fifty thousand dollars to local charity, and um, you know, and and the reason I I say local charity. You know, I don't have any problem with, you know, the United Cancer or Heart, you know, Heart or mm-hmm. anything like that. But, you know, I just think that it people are more motivated to help you if they can actually see where your money's going. And, you know, and we have some great ministries here in our area that uh, we support who do great work. You know, the summit is an example. You know, they help, you know, bring women back out of addiction and help them get clean and, and, and get their life straightened up and they get them a job again and get housing for them if they need it. I mean, they do tremendous work. Uh, and then, um, you know, another one that we give a lot to is um, Rainsville Community Church. Now, th- what they do, uh, you know, they actually do go overseas to Uganda and help dig freshwater whales over there for those people. So even though it is in Uganda, it is still local because of the fact that it's locals here in DeKalb County that are going to Uganda to help dig these whales. 
And this past year, we actually gave enough money to where the Rainsville Freedom Run has our own well over there that they dug. That's wonderful. Uh, and, you know, in honor of the Rainsville Freedom Run, which was very exciting because mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I'd always wanted to be able to do was to be able to give them enough money to where they could dig a well. Thank you for doing that <clears> and giving back in the community, pouring back into the community yet again. Well, I appreciate it. So some things you, if you're if you're sitting around thinking, hmm, I, I would like to invest back into the community, we're going to include some some notes, some show notes for you that can give you a link to the historical tax credit preservation link and also the Freedom Run if you're interested in participating in that or um, learning about just the charities that you give to and some local charities as well. But you can find those on our chamber website as well. We have several nonprofit members that we try to help through grant writing workshops and such so that they can continue to do the good work that they're doing. And commercial development is also an option and preservation of old houses so I, I think there's plenty of opportunities for for you to get involved in your community or maybe you want you're an entrepreneur or you want to start a business uh, you need investors to connect with but please come to the co- investors with a, a solid idea and um, an understanding that they're only going to invest in you if you can prove that you're you've got a great plan and that it will make money and do well right do you have any final words Jerry well, I mean, you know, um, I just think that, you know, we're we're all, you know, a lot of people don't think about this, <laughs> but um, we're all here for a purpose. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're all here for a purpose. And the key is is knowing what our purpose is. You know, what what is our purpose? So... I would just encourage people to to think about something that they're passionate about and then do something with it. And, you know, I have, have, you know, folks ask me, you know, all the time, you know, about this or that. And I I tell them, I say, hey, look, I I just believe that we're supposed to give back. And and so a lot of times, you know, people when you when you talk about giving, they, they say this. Well, well. They, th- they might think this, that it's always monetarily something. But there's ways to give that's not monetarily. You know, I, I'll, I'll tell folks, I'll say, hey, take your phone, look at your contact list. Find somebody on there that you've not talked to in a pretty good while. Send them a text. Hey, Jennifer, just thinking about you today. Hope everything's great. Just at that. You'd be surprised at what that does. So, you know, basically what I, I tell folks, do something that matters every day. Just do something that matters every day. No matter what kind of mood you're in, do something that matters. That's exactly right. So, Jerry, in closing, I need you to give us some motivation for people who are kind of on the edge thinking about investing in their community. Why? Why should they really invest in their community? Well, you know, the old saying, a rising tide floats all boats, that's true. And when people make improvement in business districts and in neighborhood, everybody wins. It improves property values, makes the area more attractive to shoppers, tourists, residents, and just generally makes it a better place to live, to work, and to raise a family. That's really what it's all about. And just making sure that the people 
in your lives that you love and care about have a better future. Absolutely. Jerry, thank you so much for coming today. It's been a pleasure, and I know I'll have you back because I have so much enjoyed this. Well, thanks a bunch, Jennifer. Thank you for asking me. Sure thing. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Business is Booming today with our guest speaker, Jerry Clifton. Be sure and check out our social media, Facebook and Instagram, for upcoming events for the Chamber and just happenings in general. And also our website. We have a great um, website with lots of resources on there for you and all of our past businesses booming episodes are housed on our website and that's fortpainchamber.com thanks again for listening and we'll see you next episode you've been listening to business is booming a podcast brought to you by fort Payne chamber of commerce the host is chamber director jennifer mccurdy executive producer stephen b smith with assistant producer emily kirby our engineer is lucas smith of lucky sound studios Business is Booming is a production of Rare Life Media 